Welcome to Media Week's Heavy Hitters. Get up close and personal with some of the titans of the media industry. We're going to be talking about one of my favourite subjects, making money. We're going to be talking about business models. We're going to be talking about being brave. Our special guest is Simon Ryan. He was pretty brave back in 2020. He launched Ryan Cap and a number of businesses sit within Ryan Cap. Simon, welcome to Media Thank Week. Thank you. Thank you, James. Good to be here, mate. Long time <laughs> since uh, TV appearances now. Oh, yeah, Simon, for people who don't know, we used to have a, a show on the Sky News Business Channel and Simon was a, a semi-regular guest and we shared his insights into the industry. So it, it's yeah. good to connect with him now. When, connect, when he's man. the man where well, the buck really stops with him, I guess, doesn't it now? It's, um, <laughs> well, you know, as as the business continues to scale, it certainly does. Yeah. But enjoying it immensely, I will say. Yeah. Okay, well, just, just take us back a little bit. I mean, you left Dentsu is when we last saw you. you. You didn't go straight into the new agency, did you? But no, was, no. Was, that, had, was uh, that in your mind, though? It was. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, look, you know, first of all, um, you know, it was a very um, – you know, interesting and learned 10 years that I had at Dentsu and, and uh, I wouldn't swap it for anything. Had a great career there and, and full admiration to the business that, that we built at that particular time. Um, and then like, like a lot of things, you know, you, when you, when you're a big part of a, a big large ecosystem and running the third or fourth largest market for them globally and it's a publicly listed business, eventually you need to look at other things. And I did do that. Um, I had uh, quite a, you know, a, a non-compete, which I had to um, stick to. Okay. Um, I had many good friends at uh, at, at car sales, so I, I sat there for a little while and, and had a good look at the business and really enjoyed my time there. And uh, But during that process, I did decide that I needed to go back to what I love and what I'm good at, or what I think I'm good at, James, <laughs> um, <laughs> and, uh, and start my own parent company. Right. And uh, that's where Ryan Cat was born. And from there, um, I assessed what I thought the, the gaps in the market were and uh, built out you know, an offering across media, tech and data and consultancy across Sydney, Melbourne and Brisbane uh, quite quickly over a sort of a two and a half year period. Yeah. So the three parts to the business, you've got a, a digital media agency, Rival Media. Mm-hmm. You've got the data and tech specialist Fox Catcher, mm-hmm. and you've got the consultancy Tightrope. Mm-hmm. So we'll we'll find out a, a little bit about those three things. Was that mm-hmm. was that always the plan to offer mm. a, a, a layers of different um, services? Yeah, I, I think you know what I um, really loved about um, my old position at Densu was that. The business had many facets and it had many different forms of capability within its parent uh, company holding, and there were there were things that 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 I was quite, you know, very well focused on and quite good at. I thought, and there were things like um, uh, like creative that uh, I certainly led up led up to the uh, creative minds in the business to to focus that and have success in that area. So what I worked out was that there were there were three things that I was really passionate about, which really focuses on different aspects of the C-suite. Um, and that's media. So in in this particular case, digital media. However, the business is built for the new economy um, or the digital economy, but media is a big focus through rival media. The other area that I was particularly um, focused on uh, was tech and data, so Foxcatcher. So Foxcatcher is a um, an outstanding business and traveling very well in the tech and data field and programmatic space. And then the, in the consultancy pace, uh, space uh, being tightrope, um, you know, I was in discussion with uh, four people from Accenture, 
those four people uh, joined the business and they're doing some some pretty high level consultancy with a number of uh, listed and large non-listed businesses at the moment. So it's interesting because consultancy is a different space. You don't come out sure. and say you won this and you won that. I think when you're in the media space and when you win, you know, a client you want to talk about and celebrate that success with your staff and the client and the external world, that's when you come out and talk about it. But the consultancy space is a very different space. But those three areas were the three areas that I was uh, most focused on and um, had the ability to grow capability in those three areas for what I saw was the new economy. Um, I think COVID was probably a, a, a good time for us. We launched the business right during the first wave. So you think in um, hindsight that would that probably help? I think it did. Yeah, uh, you know, um, you, you never know, do you? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, I, I could sit here and 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 we could be twice the size if it wasn't COVID, or I could be could be not where we thought we'd be. But I think based on the midterm plan that that Ryan Cap has got in place around the geographic expansion of the business and servicing clients. Um, to ensure that they're getting optimal service and growth in the economy. You know, that were the three areas that I was really focused on and passionate about. And those three three businesses are traveling quite well now across uh, Sydney, Melbourne and Brisbane. So your to-do list when you launch a company, mm-hmm. I guess the, the two basic things are you've got to have a staff. Yes. And then you've got to pretty quickly get some clients. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but they're Presumably both very in that order, times. I guess. But sometimes, yeah. did you almost have people you thought you could sign on once you had your infrastructure set up, or yeah. did you really have to get the infrastructure going before you could even think? I about had to get client? the infrastructure going first, and, and I think that you, you can't expect clients of any size or scale to trust you um, to service their needs unless you've got the the back end right, unless you've got the staff, unless you've got the ability to manoeuvre. So. The, the, the first sort of six months of, of growing the business were on many things. It was was hiring talent, which uh, we've had a lot of success at. We've currently got 71 staff. We'll be, wow. we'll be 100 by Christmas. Mm-hmm. Um, so the staff was the first thing. And then building the back end, which is you know, very important, particularly in the Foxcatcher space. So systems, tools, processes, approaches, uh, media accreditation. So going and presenting to all the media around what the plan was for the business and and gaining their support was a big thing. So, yeah, it's interesting the point that you raised at the start. You know, where do you start? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you sort of start with about ten things, and okay. you need to run those all concurrently to be able to form what is our midterm plan, and then put that into place. So, there was about six months worth of um, solid, full day planning um, to get the business up and running for what was launched in uh, July 2020. You've been pretty. Um You've shared a lot of the financials of, of where you've you've got to and the sort of business and mm-hmm. where you want to get to. Mm-hmm. Um, can you what sort of funding did you need to get the business going? I mean, because you would have had to have, I yeah. don't know, as you say, probably what best part of six months before there was much cash flowing. Absolutely, the joint, was yeah, there? I mean, yeah. And I think that's that's the uh, that, that's both the scary part, the challenging part, and the fun part. Hmm. And I think, you know, I was you know, fortunate enough to have a, a, a range of sort of reasonably large jobs before I started this. So, yeah. so that, that availed me to, to um, have some capital to, to roll into the business, which I did. Um, uh, family, extremely supportive also. So, okay. you know, thank, thank you to them also. Um, but I think what we found was, uh, to your earlier point, what, what, what were the key priorities? Well, besides the staff and building the back end and, and getting the confidence of all your partners, including the media, 
it was then about winning clients. So we, we we were quite fortunate to get on a few pitch lists very early. Okay. And we actually won uh, every one of them very early. And we, when we've sort of continued that success every time we do have a pitch, I think without coming across in any way or form arrogant because that's not um, one of our values, no. um, it's to be very humble in our attitude to when we are invited to pitch or if we discuss an opportunity with a client. But after building everything around the back end and hiring key staff and then pitching, you're right, you, you sort of go through about 12 months worth of working capital before you can actually um, go into a profitable stage. Now, I never looked at the business to, 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 to um, create profit within the first 12 months. The, the goals of the business were to launch capability in three areas, hire the people and get on, get on pitch lists. And the people that we brought on are exceptional. And um, the management that we've got and the culture that we've created, which is the glue that keeps us all together, is the very thing that helps us win. And the fact that we get along, we're a very uncomplicated offering mm. versus a number of the big global parent companies. And, and again, there are some great ones out there and there are some not great ones out there, but we're a very uncomplicated offering. When we pitch, we're very streamlined, we're very, we're very client-focused and we're very results-focused. So accompanying all that, then we had some pretty much immediate success in the second six months of the business around pitching. So, Can I stop you there? Mm -hmm. People would be asking now, okay, is it's a new business, you're pitching and you're winning all these pitches, but you're up against companies with track record, you know, proven performance. You're just got to, you're just getting people to trust you on what you're telling them. Was there a key element that was I mean, were yeah. you cheaper? No. Was that one of the things? No. Were, and and interestingly enough, or? I think, you know, f fees are, are always a conversation with, mm. with any um, uh, potential client or client that you have as you roll over contracts or you win new business. Um, f fees uh, based on what we pitched and what our promise was, was, was never a complicated journey, mm. James. I think that the key thing was to actually get on the lists and gain some confidence. And by building all the back end, hiring the right people, putting a management group together, and also having the Ryan Cap um, sort of name in the background, um, which has got, um, you know, a fully fledged finance team, HR, marketing, okay. all the corporate support that you need. And that, and that team's- You showed that off in your pitch. You absolutely. said, look, we knew, but we've sorted this, this, and this. So what, so what that did, James, it was it built confidence. <laughs> And I think that, you know, we've come out quite aggressively and positioned ourselves as, as an Australian parent company um, competitor to the international um, agency groups. I certainly don't, don't classify a lot of the local agencies who are standalone agencies as our key competitors. Naturally, you know, we work with a number of those agencies as well um, with Foxcatcher and, and um, a few of the other businesses. But in saying that, our core competitive group is the international agency groups, and that's where pretty much most of the business that we've been fortunate enough to win to date has actually come from the international parent companies. Now, it, we don't set out as that as the absolute focus. If we get invited to pitch, we do we do the pitch as best we can. But I think to answer your question, to win the pitch, our our key point of difference has been a very uncomplicated very well-focused presentation on results. Right. And I think that we're a very uncomplicated business um, to, to deal with and to pitch. 
And I think that a number of the competitors are still um, working through organisational neatness, I would call it, where they're trying to neaten up their back garden and get everything right. But instead, they should be focusing on on the clients and what they need and what they need now and, and in the future. Is it is it fair to say a lot of – I mean, there's two things when they, someone uses an agency, I guess. They want to move product and and strengthen the brand, I guess. Is, mm. is that a fair summary of – I mean, there's lots of other bits yeah, and pieces, I mean, but that's, heaps, that's yeah. it. I mean, and, I think, and the building the brand, of course, helps move the product, I guess. Yeah, right? and, and I think that – you know, there's lots of things happening in the economy at the moment, which is creating angst for many. There's there's deceleration, there's inflation. You've got a number of our competitors um, sort of being dislocated from, you know, global networks and how they operate and how they work together. So if you look at the the overall economy as a whole, you would find that clients are really looking for results. And, and, and even as there's downward pressure from the economy, you'll find that that all parts of the funnel, um, the marketing funnel, um, are as important. Yes, and and therefore, you know, when when you're bringing brand closer to the point of transaction through media, for example, and you're accelerating sales for clients, then that has got to be the key focus on what we do during a, a downward economy. Yeah, because it's really about getting the sales for the clients or getting the awareness that they need to be able to hit their hit their bottom line, and grow their top line revenue. So that that's one of the key differences, I suppose, when when we when we are fortunate enough to pitch, is that our clear focus is is on that with a very clear understanding of where the economy's at, to be able to navigate that, to get results for the client. Do many of the the businesses that are now on your books use all three parts of your offering? Yeah, we're seeing that. I, I think the. The majority of our clients work with rival media as well as Foxcatcher. Okay. Um, Foxcatcher is also having success, as I said before, with with other agencies, um, which I'm completely fine with. Um, but we are seeing some success when. So you can wall it off as a. Absolutely, we can. Right. Yes, so yeah, it's yeah. completely separate. Foxcatcher is even has. And they can have any client whether they're competitive or not. Yes, that's correct. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So Foxcatcher also has its uh, its own separate office as well. Mm-hmm. So so we can we can distinguish very clearly between internal and external, which is sure. good with different people as well. And that's a as I said before, it's a fast growing. Um, tech and data business, which is which is really great to see, led by David Gaskell and his excellent team. But um, the majority of our clients will work with Rival Media and Foxcatcher, and then some are working um, with Tightrope, uh-huh. uh, with Stain and the team. Uh, but we are seeing Tightrope get the majority of its uh, own clients through existing and introduction C-suite um, introductions for myself and obviously others and affiliated businesses that we work with. So you would find that a lot of our clients will work with Rival Media and Foxcatcher. Um, Tightrope can be brought in if there is a challenge or if there is a client need, but most of the time we're seeing that Tightrope's getting its own clients direct, which is great to see too. Okay. Okay. The um, I think a lot of your wins, they're, they're sort of sector disruptors in a way. Yeah. Um, has the appeal been that you're you're also seen as a bit of a sector disruptor? I mean, yeah. you're shaking it up. You're you're offering things that maybe got overlooked or you know weren't as finely developed in mm. in the bigger in the multinationals. Mm. It's interesting because I think we, we've we've had a lot of we've we've had and we'll continue to have a lot of success in the disruptor space, and they're both 
from the very startup stage to to smaller cap ASX listed businesses that are seen as disruptors. Mm-hmm. So we're we're having some success in those, and the reason why we're having success in those is that yes, we are seen as a disruptor, and brands like to um, align themselves, or businesses or clients like to align themselves with brands that they can see are navigating their own category to success. So then, hopefully, that um, that means that they can that the agency can also assist the client to navigate through their own success through through you know, through what is a very complex competitive landscape for some of the um, smaller aggressive businesses. So yes, we're seeing some alignment there on values. Yeah, I will also say that that a lot of the larger clients that that have um, trusted us to to be their partner are also seeing the fact that we've built a business with great infrastructure and a great team and great talent and growing quite aggressively, meaning that we get the trust from the larger organizations too. So we, we've had success in in clients who spend 20 million, 40 million and over 60 million. So I think, you know, for a business in its relative infancy at two and a half years old, to be able to have that success, we can pivot the way that we need to be based on where the client is currently sitting. So we both, we look after um, up and coming and we also look after established brands. And that's just the way that the business has pivoted. And also a lot of that has got to do with, do, lot to do with the staff that we've been able to bring on. Right, mm-hmm. right. Staff you've been able to bring on, how, how hard has it been to find? I mean, I don't know, back, was it a decade, 15 years ago, England was seen as a bit of a poaching ground for, and there was a lot, a lot of English people still here. They came out, they stayed. Yeah. Um, where, where's your staff come from? I think the, uh, the couple of things this is an important one because I think we, we've 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 got ninety four percent retention in two and a half years, which right. is which is amazing. And I want to keep that retention of staff as high as I can. this is an industry where people turn over. What's yeah. probably the average time? A couple oh, of years, look, do you it, think? It depends upon the size and scale of the organisation. <laughs> okay. But you could you could you could have anywhere between fifty to to one hundred percent retention. But I think as you know, larger organisations might might uh, find that their retention is a little bit less or or high. But because of the staff numbers they got, still a bit of a big churn, right? Yeah. So retention is very important, and and the way that we approach working with the business, I think, is quite different to and way the number of the others do, and also the management are very hands on, which I think is important. There's there's no us and them mentality. Everyone is hands on. So I think as as we started to scale and win. We actually found that attracting talent was slightly easier. Okay. So as I said before, we've got seventy-one people across the three markets at the moment. Um, that will grow to a hundred by Christmas. We've actually got more resumes than we do jobs, right. which is which is which is a good which is a good position <laughs> to be in. Mm. Um, in saying that, you know, we are getting the majority of our talent um, um, from various parts of the sector. And that includes some international agencies, um, which has been evident through a number of our um, press releases and the success we've had in that area. We are getting some from overseas, and we we have brought a number of people over from other markets um, across Sydney, Melbourne, and Brisbane uh, from overseas. And then a number of the, the a couple of the people that have come in too have actually come from clients. Okay, so we're, we're seeing a very cross section of talent come into the business, which is great. That's the other reason why we're having a bit of success too, because we've got we've got some clients that actually work in the business, but equally we've got 
a number of overseas talent as the borders then open up and the economy um, goes through its jitters, you therefore find that Australia is suddenly a, an attractive place because the economy is in relatively good shape. Are you getting any cold calls? I mean, do people just sending resumes thinking, <laughs> look, I've, we do. I've heard from a mate, this is a good place to yeah. work? Or Well, it's 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 um, short answer is yes. I think the we're getting a lot of recruiters because obviously the recruitment space has been very um, buoyant in the last sort of two years. So we've got a, we've got sort of three or four friendly um, recruiters that actively look for talent for us. Um, we've also got a staff uh, staff referrals, which which um, you know is is excellent, and that's the majority of how we get to know new talent coming into the business. And then it's just the management around who they know. Mm -hmm. But we do have people um, sending in resumes, and and we and we like that because we're we're obviously a growing business, and we need to to employ the highest performing talent that we can from no matter which market. Sure. Um is Rival Media or Foxcatcher, which is the biggest? I'm guessing one of the – is Rival Media the – So Rival Media is the, generator the, at the, the, the largest business within um, Ryan Cap. Yeah. And that business is is scaling quite well. Yeah. Um, so we've got three leaders who who run that business. So we've got, we've got Mark Power who runs Brisbane. We've got Bianca Falloon who runs Sydney and Joseph Bardillo who runs Melbourne. Um, and then Marcus Betchell is the uh, general manager across across the markets, also uh, working with me. So we're building out um, obviously leadership in those key markets. Those key markets then have their own leaders, besides the, the managing directors and general managers. And obviously, then there's myself who assists with that. So that's the business that's scaling uh, quite rapidly at the moment, and will continue to scale as we move forward into the next financial year based on the – we've got three pitches this week. So we, oh, really? so we know we're quite – We're we're hurry up and get through this <laughs> combo, <laughs> no, no, mate. That's fine. You we're active on that. It. And then Foxcatcher's scaling. But what's interesting with the tech and data business is that often you can scale the offering more than you need to with the staff. Mm. And that's certainly not to suggest that that we're, 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 we're working to silly staff-to-revenue ratios. But what is interesting is, is that once you build products in the tech and data space, and if you can syndicate the products out into non-competitive markets or to to affiliated um, media, like there was a press release today which focused on that, um, then you can see your revenue grow quite quickly based on the product. Um, and therefore, then it becomes a, a managerial um, thing from the staff perspective. So Fox catches scaling, but scaling in a different way. You, you might actually find that they need less staff for the okay. revenue versus what rival media does. All right. And then tightrope really is dependent upon how many um, jobs or tasks you can win. And and there is a model with that. I mean, the, the model is no secret. You know, you've, there's only a certain amount of jobs that one person can do. So ultimately, if you want to win more work, you need to hire more people. So the strategy there is just to continue to employ high-performing talent from the um, from that sector. Buying media, talked before about getting your media accreditation. Mm. I, I, I'm, tell me if this is right or wrong, but in the past, the big agencies used to, one of their selling points was, look, we've because of our size, right, it's going to cost you more to buy media elsewhere. We can do better deals for you. Has the industry changed more? Has digital has. changed that? Digital has changed that. Yeah. And I think that, you, you know, you, you, clients are also uh, billing media directly these days more than they ever did before too. So you, you, you're going to find a very interesting cross-section of the market where you've got um, a lot of clients who will consistently bill 
um, media through their media agency and the transparency that comes along with that, which is very important. Um, you'll also find that some clients have their own contracts and agreements with media, including Google, um, then that will continue. I think, and when it comes to the rate discussion, which is probably a whole different podcast, <laughs> I think that digital's really allowed um, that to become a secondary um, focus. Right. And really what the focus is, is on the results. And there, there are there are clients who have a very clear focus on on the cost per unit of sale, on the cost per thousand, on the cost per acquisition, and all that sort of stuff, which is completely fine. But I think if if you can work out different strategies to grow your business um, and increase efficiency, the, the the absolute cost of media becomes a, a, a often a secondary argument in some ways, depending upon the client strategy. Yeah. So scale doesn't always mean the best deal anymore. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, talk to me in terms of some dollars. You, um, I saw you mention you were target of around about one hundred and fifty million dollars turnover mm -hmm. in two years. A three-year growth plan mm -hmm. for four hundred million in billings, uh, giving you a revenue of about thirty million and maybe a staff of around one hundred and fifty. Yeah. Are those figures still? Yeah, I think you know, and and look from my perspective, from a Brian Cap perspective, I mean, I, I've got a midterm plan and I've got to try and grow the business organically and through M&A to achieve what I think is a good um, uh, position in the market. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, Obviously, what's most important to me is the staff and the clients and the happiness of those because I think if you were to build a business from scratch, you really, really look after it like your baby. Mm. And at the end of the day, as you said right at the start of the podcast, mate, the buck stops with me. <laughs> and it's really important that that I continue to invest in the business. So so when it comes to turnover and revenue and profit and all that, that that's kind of secondary to me. What is what is the absolute focus is to grow the business, to become a scalable business in Australia and for it to compete. Um, directly with a number of the international parent companies, which it's already doing. The numbers that you mentioned there are either beyond that already uh, okay. or right on track. I think that, you know, any anyone who draws up a midterm plan and has an absolute key focus on, on making sure that the reinvestment strategy ensures that you continue to grow to achieve that midterm plan is is you know paramount to the success of the business and it's something that I use as my my bible um and I think that we can get to those those sort of numbers uh, relatively soon we're we're actually ahead of our midterm plan at the moment and if you then look at some of the acquisitions and um look at the organic growth and the pitching and the win rates that we've got I think we'll be beyond those midterm plan forecasts very soon my plan would be to get to the to Four years, so another year and a half in the business and achieve our five-year plan. Okay. Um, and then we will look at a further investment strategy around M&A and other organic strategies to, to continue to grow the business. All right. Look, to wrap this up, I've got three big questions for right. you, okay? Now, you've mm -hmm. talked about M&A a little bit. Yep. Something I think I could – my colleagues at Media Week have been doing very well is shining a light on the vibrant indie agencies around the country, if you yes. like, and – and it's been a bit of a wake up to me, but how successful and how vibrant mm. and, and, you know, with get up and go attitude and the success they're having with their clients. Mm. Have you been looking at many of them? I have. Uh, yeah. I, I think we, we've purchased two businesses, one in one in Melbourne and when we first started um, and one in Brisbane. And they've both obviously converted day one to rival media and that gave us a really good standing footprint. Okay. 
Um, we will look at doing that in Sydney um, also. In fact, we're, we're looking at that now. Um, but, in, but in saying all that, M&A is, is good. Um, and it and it and it gives me something to really focus on, and it's something that I'm passionate about too. Having having bought a number of businesses through my previous career, uh, and enjoyed that, but I think you know M and A is good, and it should be a focus. But the organic growth is a, an equal or greater focus because that really tests you to make sure that you got the right capability and credibility in the market to grow. Sure. So I think if you can do a combination of both, it's a good result. Yeah, and I think you're right. Just just on the independents that have gone and launched out there, it's an explosion of, is, of, of so, particularly in the creative area. I think yeah. you'll you'll see. And I think it's a bit tougher in the media area, but in the creative area, there seems to be a bit of an explosion of that of people exiting their roles from the large parent companies and starting their own business. I think it's fascinating and fantastic. Um, how big can you get? I mean, do you have? Because you obviously don't want to become another big giant <laughs> that, that ends up with the problems you've walked away from it, you know, mm. IPG, WPP, Dentsu yeah. um, in your past. So, you know, do you ever think about that? Maybe it's too early, but I guess you sound like you're looking well ahead all the time. Yeah, I think- How can you stop from, you know, creating all this big red tape and mm. endless meetings and mm. things that take you away from the hand being hands-on with your client. I think you know, one thing I did learn is that when you're growing a business and accelerating your strategy and, and doing M&A and growing organically, it's great fun. Mm. But then you, you'll hit a point where you need to take the foot off the accelerator, concentrate on the business, focus on the culture, focus on your clients, and then once you've got that right, then you can put your foot on the accelerator again. So I think, you know, it's really important that, that the cycle of business cannot be compounding 20, 30, 40% growth every year. You've got to look at the business and treat it like your baby and make sure that you're looking after it for the long term. So that's, that's the first thing. I think on the, on the second thing is that you need to know when it's going to get uncomfortable from a size perspective. Yeah, and, and I know when that point is, um, but I have a clear focus to to get to, to close to that point and then just continue to run a, you know, what I believe will be a great business. Now, yeah. there, are, there are plenty of the big internationals out there with, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars worth of revenue and, you know, and all that sort of stuff. And, that, and that's fine. But I think managing complexity is something that um, uh, is interesting <laughs> and it's something that I leave behind. And I think the the key focus of the business is to to make sure that we're we've got an organisation that is performing extremely well competitively, that is retaining its staff and clients, and it will get to a certain size where I know um, that I'll be very comfortable with. We've still got a bit of growth to get to that um, particular size, and that's my mantra. But you are right; you you um, you do hit a point where. <laughs> You need to, to take the foot off the accelerator and look at where you're going and, and sometimes stop too. Yeah. Yeah. Probably the hardest question I'll ask you is um, about the outlook. Mm. Um, it's almost a day-by-day proposition at the moment. You look at what's happening with interest rates around the world, mm. the challenges banks are facing. Um, yeah. You know, that sends a few tremors around. But, I mean, businesses still seem to be in a good place. I think the Australian economy is in a, in a relatively good space. I mean, the, the, the share market's up and down, you know, every week or two, um, mainly due to overseas circumstances. I, I think that, you know, we are going to see some form of deceleration, which I think is, you know, mainly from a global perspective. 
Australian economy is pretty strong, large bank deposits, not a huge amount of debt, absolute key focus on, you know, driving the economy forward. And I think that we've had a lot of free spending administration governments also throw a bit of money in, which has been good and bad, which has probably exacerbated some of the problems that we're seeing right now. But I, and, you know, then if you look abroad, you got to look at China as, you know, having a huge GDP growth to, to come. And so I think you're going to see an influx from them. And then you might see a decrease in some of the other markets. And I think Europe's is going to be a bit hard moving forward. So in the US, probably the same. And probably not nothing much is going to change in the US until there's another election there next year. So I think that you know the world's in a bit of a state of flux at the moment when it comes to to all those things. But I think if you were to focus on Australia, I think a lot of big global companies see Australia as a fast growing economy still. Um, the sector's still very strong. We've all seen the numbers. You have in, you, you have it in in uh, Media Week nearly every day. So we we know that the economy is ticking over quite well. I think what we need in Australia is the absolute confidence around what we're doing locally to actually drive a strong point of difference for our own economy and for the media sector and for our clients. And I think if you if you have a if you're not guided by overseas and you've got the ability to maneuver, mm. there is your competitive advantage and that's something that I'll be focusing on very heavily. That's something what you probably in your pictures is it that you say look we it's, we it's, can maneuver quickly, we give you flexibility whatever the circumstance. Yeah. And I think the team that we've put together is experienced enough to make the right decisions in a very considered way. And most of the team that I've brought together, who I admire and respect immensely, will make the right decisions based on the fact that they're very well experienced and have worked with either me or other large organizations to be able to make the right decisions quickly without having the interruptions that a number of our competitors may have. Simon, look, thanks so much for joining us today. It's been great hearing about rival media, Foxcatcher, Tightrope. Thank you. And um, we will keep our readers up to date with any forthcoming wins. Um, good luck in the, the pitches underway. Thank you, James. Pleasure, mate. Appreciate it. Thanks for listening to Heavy Hitters, the podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to hit follow for all future episodes. And leaving a review helps others find the podcast.